Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa and I'm your host. Today we're continuing on our series of about women empowerment for Women's History Month. And before I get started, I don't think I actually put the quote in at the very beginning of this particular episode, so let me tell you the quote um, that I used for this episode. It's by Beyonce, actually. And it says, we need to reshape our perception of how we view ourselves. We have to step up as women and take the lead. And I think this, our next guest, Julie, is actually helping to visualize that by clearing away the clutter, not only spiritually, mentally, but the physical clutter as well. And she talks about end of life clutter, like things that you need to do at the end of your life in making sure that your affairs are in order, as well as clutter that we deal with in everyday life. So I really hope you enjoy this episode because we all have clutter, whether we want to admit it or not. So you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin to join by Julie. And Julie, you're a professional life and end-of-life organizer. But before we get into that, tell us a little about who Julie is. Talk about what you do. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, first, thanks for having me on your show. So I, in 2009, started my business. I was working in the nonprofit world, raising money, and was in a crazy place. And I thought, what could I do that could use my skill set and would also help people and make money, right? You got to make money for a living. So I came up with organizing because I have kind of a type A personality and people are like, you're uptight, come help me get organized. And so it was something that I was doing naturally. And so when I started, the, the emphasis was on organizing, but as I've grown and learned, it's also about decluttering as well. I'm passionate about not only clearing the physical clutter, but your mental clutter, your clutter in relationships, because whatever is going on on the outside, is affecting the inside and vice versa. And I also am an author, podcast host like you, and certified life coach. Wow, you have just got everything. You've got everything in in its right little compartments. How long did it take you to actually start organizing and clearing the clutter from your own life to get to where you can help other people clear the clutter from theirs? That's a great question. Prior to starting my business, I did an online internet TV show called Reawaken Your Brilliance, where I would interview body, mind, spirit experts. But prior to that, I've always been interested in personal growth, being the best version of Julie that I could be. So this has been a lifelong learning about myself and always wanting to grow and do better. The truth was, as I mentioned a moment ago that I really was a focus was on organizing. I went to work with a client and she said, can we just talk? And I typically work in four hour blocks when clearing physical clutter, because that way you can see progress and that something's been done. And I was like, you're the client, we're going to do whatever you want. And so we ended up talking for about three hours and spent the last hour getting stuff cleared. It went immediately and getting organized. And what it taught me in that moment was that coaching was vital and that it was more about clearing the clutter. Cause if you clear the clutter, the organization's easy, but if we just keep on having clutter, 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 we're never really going to get organized. Does that make sense? Yes, totally makes sense. I feel so much better when I, like I know things are put away in their proper space. I can actually, my mind can focus better. It, it is. There's a correlation between that. And then, you know, they've also found that if you have a lot of clutter, you might not take your meds regularly that, you know, can affect your health, whether you're eating better, getting out and exercising. So, and it, they found in studies that clutter causes a general dampening of brain function. And at my age, I need all the cells working on full tilt 
as much as possible. So it's really important to clear your clutter. So since you brought up, up your age, you started your business at age 40. So how long have you been in business? Since 2009. So I will be 42 shortly. And sure. if you have listeners that are 40s, any age I encourage, but you know what, just because you're older, go for it. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. I am a very passionate about supporting fellow women entrepreneurs. And especially, you know, I feel like so much of society says we're done at 40. Well, bleh, who are you? No, we're not. We just continue to get stronger. That is so true. I think my turning point was when I hit 50. I mean, I totally stepped out of my anxiety. I used to be anxiety ridden, but I was like, you know what? I don't care what people think anymore. It's like, who cares? Let's just go and do. I'm so tired of living with regrets. For, and you know, for me, turning 50 was so freeing. Like you said, it was like this light bulb went off. Like, who cares? You don't like me? Okay. That, all right. Bye. Cause I'm going to have people around me who like me, respect me and believe in me. And, you know, I feel like that is such a ball and chain to release because it says, you know, I can't, I don't want to live with regrets. I want to do what I can. So I think it's super important. Yep. That is so true. Now let's talk about, okay, you, you're also an end of life organizer. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I know a lot of people are like, well, that's kind of morbid a little bit, but you know, we're all going to transition. I've got to tell you, I have a very ill parent right now. And what started me down this path was three years ago, my dad had me meet with my brothers and I meet with his accountant and attorney. Now, my parents aren't super rich. And that's one thing that I want to get across to people. You don't have to be really wealthy, you know, but you have to plan for when you transition. If we're lucky, we'll have an idea when it's coming. It could happen tomorrow and we don't know. But just from, look at people like Prince who didn't have a will and Aretha Franklin who've been dead for years. They're still fighting over it. And I don't know about you, but I want people I love and causes I believe in to get my money. I don't want it going to the government trying to sort out this hot mess. And, you know, it's not just about the financial. It's like, what legacy do you want to leave? What is important? Your values. Have you considered writing that up for your family knows this is how I live my life and this is the type of person I wanted to be? Or maybe you want to create a scholarship and we are grieving. And if you have all of this taken care of when someone passes, then they can focus on grieving instead of what's the password to your internet or where's the safety deposit key box. And so I'm passionate about allowing people to grieve about it. And you know, our culture is one that doesn't discuss this. And we say, oh, it's bad. It's like, I have this theory that the explosion, and it's been for a long time in plastic surgery, because now we're seeing men get more, is, is a way to say to death, you're not going to happen. Well, you are. So do you embrace it and take care of it? Or do you live your life in fear? Because accepting death is the ultimate release of clutter because you're letting go. Oh, wow. That's, that, that's a, that's a little gem right there. It's a bombshell. You wouldn't even think about that, but yeah, it's true. You can't take it with you. Right. So what's important wow. to you? And, and, you know, it, I just hope people, it would give them peace of mind and not only for themselves, but their loved ones. I mean, that's really why I'm motivated to do it. And again, I don't want the government taking more. They've already taken enough. Like, you know, you don't want them involved. You don't want them deciding your state. At least I don't. I will speak for myself. Yeah. So how do people hire you for that? How do they find you? Do, do you just promote yourself as that or... Yeah, well, through the website, and then I do a podcast like you. I'm on YouTube, so it's all way or referrals. I'm working on ups, up, uh, not upsetting. I'm working on updating or not updating, upgrading my web game. You know, there's so many things out there, and it's uh, it's how do you get in front of people? So it's a variety of places, and you know, it's a hard topic. I did a, I was on a panel and I discussed it and I wasn't the, uh, they, how many people watched and I wasn't the lowest, but I was more middle. I'm like, again, people don't want to face this. It's not an easy topic to talk about, but that's why I say it's the ultimate letting go. And it gives you peace of mind. That's one less thing to worry about. And when you accept it, you can live life fully. And you know, we talked a moment ago about when you turn 50 and you're like, no regrets and I want to get it all done then live your life fully. And by planning for your death, you can do that. Yeah, I just love that. Now let's talk about 
clearing out the clutter in other ways. What are some of the tips or, you know, how can people, do you go in and actually physically clear out the clutter for people or do you give them suggestions? Well, I have been not doing that because of COVID. And so I can help virtually if people work for that. If we ever get back to a place, you know, I know other people are, but I had to make the personal decision. One, because I have an ill parent and if I carried it, I couldn't live with myself if I thought it harmed someone. So the first thing I'm going to suggest is, in general, stay on top of it. We are looking for houses and, you know, we looked at one an hour ago and they have 40 years worth of stuff. And I thought, how are they going to get all that ready to move out? I guess I'm aware of it probably in more people. So if you keep on top of everything every year, then it doesn't take much time at all. What I always suggest to people is have a major clear out of everything and then maintain it. You're also going to want to do it when you have good energy because I'm not a morning person. So I'm not going to try to do this at 8 a.m. I just be like, what? I'm, uh, I wouldn't be able to do it. Create a plan and double the time you think that it's going to take. These are just some basics that I have. Another tip that I like to share is learn what is your clutter kryptonite? And by that, I mean like one of my clutter kryptonites is makeup samples. If, oh, I know wrinkles, lose weight, sign me up. But then you've got all these samples and then, you know, I don't want to throw out stuff. That's not cool. So be aware, maybe for you it's clothes or it's shoes or it's purses. So when you know that, you know, you just get weak in the knees and you're just going to buy, 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 you see sale, rein yourself in. And if you know that, then you can have a plan of action. You'll text your best friend. You'll walk out of the store. You'll have a buddy. So and the other things that I suggest are memories because people get stuck there. You know, they hold oh, well, this is from 40 years ago. So as a one example, are you holding on to things from your ex? Because then you can't open up space for a new relationship if you've got all these reminders of the past around. And the other thing to remember is our memories are on our head and in our heart and they're not in the object. That's where we get tripped up. We think, oh, if I let go of my grandmother's dishes, I'm letting go of my grandmother. No, your grandmother's here and here, your head and your heart. So that's another big thing that I've seen that people can get tripped up on. And you know, you can always work with a friend. You need to work with someone that's non-judgmental. But if you're still struggling, then you might need to consider to bring a pro in at that point. Yeah, I w we actually did uh, a couple of months ago, my husband and I, we rented a dumpster because we have two barns on our property that, you know, when we moved, everything went in the barn. We've not been used them. Um, but it's like bad things like that, you know, everything just went in the bar. Like, you know what? I'm ready. Let's get a dumpster. We found that we could rent a dumpster for a week. We got a dumpster. We got halfway through the barn before we had to turn the dumpster back in. But I'm like, we're getting it again in the spring because we need to clear all this clutter. You do. And, and you know, it affects you because even if it's in your barn, you know, at the back of your head, that it's there. And it's like this drip, drip, drip. I've got clutter in the barn and everything's energy, whether you believe that from a physics perspective or a spiritual perspective. So I'd ask yourself, having all that cluttered in the barn, how do you think that's affected you? You don't have to answer. You know, you can on it to hold on. more things. Yeah. It's made me want to hold on to more things. It's made me not to want to let go of things. And I'm like, I've got to let go of all this stuff. Right. But why don't you want to let go? What is it you're afraid of? Because there's usually a fear. And again, I'm not, don't want to put you on the spot and it's food for you to chew on, but there, it's usually there's a fear related, not always, mm -hmm. but in the work and the clients that I work with, there tends to be a bigger issue underneath it. The clutter is just a symptom. Yeah, that's true. Mine was, I actually wanted to hold on to things to pass down to the girls. So when they had kids, they would have it. But then when I looked, I'm like, these things are nasty. They're not going to want them. <laughs> and you know that, and what's really interesting about that is millennials today and young kids, they don't want any of it. They yep. are living a lot lighter. And, you know, and so with that, I'd say like, then find the things that really are important to you or represent you and that are in nice condition that the kids and the grandkids would be like, Oh, grandma, grandpa, you know, and would really touch them. Not like the stuff that's, you know, like a little freebie from the McDonald's meal or whatever yeah. stuff that really has hard and 
you know, mean something. That is so true. Now, the mental clutter, that's the thing that gets trips people up a lot because I know for a long time I lived with anxiety. I could not even drive the road. I, we talked before we got on that I lived like an hour from you. And me driving to Raleigh on 40 by myself would never have happened before, but now it happens. But that anxiety, that mental anxiety that just cripples you, let's talk about how we can clear that up. That's a great point and a great question. And the first thing I say is embrace good enough. And what I mean by that is, you know, I don't know what your anxiety was driven from, but a lot of us, especially women, we want to be perfectionists. We want to get it right. Sometimes good enough is going to have to happen. You can't do a home cooked meal every night of the week. And if you order pizza, that's good enough. Or if you get takeout, that's good enough. So don't set these impossible standards. Give yourself grace and slack. The other thing I recommend is having a mindfulness practice. That One of my mindfulness practices mowing. When I mow the lawn, that gets me in a really zen place. I do a mind dump and I feel fabulous. So for you, it might be meditating. It might be listening to classical music. Find something that soothes you. It can simply be closing your eyes and taking deep breaths for five minutes. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. Learn to say no, especially as women. How every oh we want to we want to please everyone. We want to do no is a sentence no. And if you're someone I used to really used to be hard for me to say no, then come up with a couple pat phrases that you can automatically. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to be able to do that. I have a really busy schedule or, you know, I so-and-so might be able to do it, but come up with some phrases that allow you to mm -hmm. say, no, don't have that knee jerk reaction to always saying no, because I know some of my anxiety comes, I have so much to do mm -hmm. and, and it just overwhelmed me. Uh, do something differently. If you have a lot of mental clutter, then take a new route to work, try a new exercise routine, get those gray cells moving, get it something that you have to spend all your time thinking, how do I get to the store from here instead of in those moments of anxiety? And then that finally be present as much as possible. We can't change the past. I've really tried. I have tried numerous times to change the past and it hasn't happened. And the future is written in pencil because there are about five bazillion things that are out of my control. So every time become present in this moment, I'm safe in this moment. I'm okay in this moment, all is well. So become present and those things will help clear mental clutter. I love the way you just said the future is written in pencil because there's a zillion things that could happen. I love that. A lot of people don't think that. They think it's either wonder and that's it. Absolutely. I can't tell you. I mean, multiple times I thought this was going to happen, then something, okay. And then I think the more you're able to trust the process. And for some people that might be God's, for some people that might be the universe, whatever their vehicle is, but trust that it's all working out for you. Trust that it's in divine timing. Like we said, when we talked to the realtor, we just put it, we haven't seen the house. We just put an offer in because we know someone else is interested. And we both said at the same time, if we're meant to get that house, we'll get it and then let it go. Now in the past, I've been like, oh my gosh, what if we don't get that? I'm never going to find how. Well, mm -hmm. I don't have control over the sellers and what they're going to do. So then I don't have anxiety about it now. And that makes all the difference in the world. So it's just really important. You never know what's going to happen. And if you trust that it's all in your happening for your good, and I can even look at painful things that have happened in my life. And with clarity and hindsight say oh i get that i get why that didn't work out i'm much happier wow i better than expected so i think you know again that perspective helps yeah so let's talk about that looking back at your past and not letting it reframe your present and your future because a lot of people look don't let their past go they lay it down and then they pick it back up lay it down and pick it back up my, uh, I once had a therapist who said to me ages ago, but it's a metaphor that stuck with me. I would have a wound and keep picking at it. I would never allow it to heal. And that's a big part of it. What do you have to heal from your past? Because if you're like, eh, if it didn't really matter, you'd be able to let it go. But it, those are those wounds that we need to heal. So what is it in your life and what steps can you take to heal? So if you had a crappy boss 
at your last job instead of assuming every boss in the world's going to suck from now on saying, okay, what did I needed to learn how to stand up for myself? I needed to be able to make a boundary. I needed to be able to say no. What is it that you need to do to empower yourself and take action? Because when you are in that wound, that's also being the victim. We have all had our trials and tribulations through life and being stuck in the victim mode does not serve you at all. So how do we get out of the victim mindset? That's a really great question. There are different things you can do. And I always believe taking action is part of it. So you can figure it out on your own, get support if you need it, but what are the wounds that need to heal? And then what part did I play in it? People who aren't victims take responsibility for their lives. Think about someone you know that blames everything on everyone else. So you take responsibility for your life, you figure out what needs to heal, and then you take action. And taking action isn't always fun. You know what, I am, all I do is complain about my job 24 seven. Maybe I need to take action and find a new job. And then surround yourself with people who aren't moaning and groaning. Who, because you know what, like attracts like. If our bodies are 70% water. So if you're going to, if you're moaning and groaning, most likely your inner circles doing the same thing. So surround yourself with people who are changing, making positive movement and trying to be a better person. There are books, there are podcasts, there are YouTube. There are a lot of free resources out for you, but you know, take control of your life. So you brought up podcasts. So why did you decide to start your podcast? I decided to start my podcast because I felt there wasn't anything good out there that really represented the clearing or clutter in a holistic way. I'm super passionate about that. And, you know, most organizers talk about physical clutter. A couple started to talk to mental, but I look at emotional relationships, all of that. And so it was really important for me to bring a different perspective because if you don't clear some of the inner stuff or get to the lower layers, it's going to go back to the way it was. So I just think, and it, and clutter is a metaphor I use for coaching. So again, it's about healing. I want to live in a world where everyone's sharing their gifts. And in order to do that, we have to heal. What a, what a great world we would do if like, you're obviously passionate about what you do. And I hope that it shows that I am. What if we were all in that state of mind? How different would our world look? It would look so much differently because then people would, would be willing to help each other out. And a lot of people would not be so closed-minded or everything's me, 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 me. I have to get this. I have to get that. I don't have time for anybody else right. type thing. Exactly. Why do you think that women tend to feel the pressure more than men though? Because I feel like we do so much that's not counted. Housework doesn't count. Uh, it's not valued right? We're paid less in the workforce. Mm -hmm. That was another reason for wanting to start my business. Well, I can set my own rates. No one has control over that. We take on the emotional burden at home in addition to the housework. And I think there are these expectations and we still are kind of in this that we're expected to do that. And I think it's part of our personality. It's a part of wanting to nurture. I think most of women are built that way. And so we feel like, oh, we can make it better. We can soothe. It's our job our job to take care of our first ourselves first and then take care of others. And we have to get out of that mindset and we have to learn to ask for support. I know for a long time, I wasn't able to say, Hey, I need some help. So how do we get out of that mindset to actually ask for help? Well, first again, it's who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself with supportive people? You take whatever little step that is to ask for help. Maybe it's something like, having the kids do more chores or saying to your husband, I need you to do bath time with the kids, you know, three out of five weeks. If it's about saying to a neighbor, Hey, can we do a babysitting exchange so I can go out and walk or watch a movie by myself or get peace of mind. It's about taking care of ourselves and kind of the things I mentioned earlier, like saying, no, you know what? I can't spread Or If there's the bake sale at school, getting a box of, store-bought brownies instead of feeling that pressure to make it homemade from scratch. You know, whatever little way that you can take care of yourself and know that you are valued, that you're good enough and you're worthy enough and you're loved no matter what. And when you begin to accept that, then you say, oh, then saying no is not a problem. I love how you just brought up the example of the bake sale and going and buy the 
box bread. Even actually going to the bakery at the grocery store and buying something for the bake sale that way. There, we tend to, women tend to judge other women for having to do that. And that's the biggest problem that I see. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great point. Cause I think, and so then when you judge another, you judge yourself. If you accepted yourself fully, that's why I'm always like, bring it back. What do you need to heal? Then you can't judge another unless you're judging yourself. Because if you're like, nee, 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 on the bakery, what is it about that you that you're judging yourself about? And so we as women need to step that up. And that's being brave enough. I read this great post the other day on Facebook. A woman said, I had this reading club. And at the end, almost every person texted me, oh, I'm sorry I shared about my illness that I'm going through. I'm sorry that I did this. Stop saying you're sorry. You do not have to apologize for everything, but it's about women having these open conversations like, hey, we don't need to apologize. Hey, we don't need to criticize each other. How can we lend that? That goes back to asking for support. I'm overwhelmed as a parent. Instead of judging, why did you buy bake store brownies? Maybe I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. How can I help you? And that's again, like if we see that we're all part of one, then, you know, we wouldn't treat each other like the way we do. I think it's like the one-upmanship, like keeping up with the Joneses and trying to keep up with appearances and trying not to look flawed when in fact we all are flawed. I am the first person to admit I have flaws, but you know what? I work on them. And that's about goes back all the way to personal development and personal growth. And so when you try to keep up with the Joneses, that's exhausting. First of all, can you all think about the material stuff you buy, but mentally and emotionally? And are those people really happy? I'd say no. And I'm happy. Life is not perfect, far from it, but I'm happy. I can say in general, yeah, life's pretty good. I got it pretty good compared to a lot of people. And I'm not playing that game anymore. And we can make the choice to step out and say, you know what? I'm not going to judge another woman. I'm going to support another woman. I'm not going to, I'm going to step out of this conversation. I'm going to find women who are like that as well. Yeah, that is so true. And when you go back to keeping up with the Joneses, you end up getting in a lot of financial debt as well, because you're trying to, you're running up your credit cards and you're doing all the things that you shouldn't be doing just to make appearances look okay. And you know, the other thing to remember is all that stuff. I, I hate and love social media. Social media has had some good things, but I hate it's turned the corner for me. What you're seeing is not real. You know, like it's crazy to me that models Photoshop themselves. Are you kidding me? Like, really? You know, you're a model. And so that just that's a whole other ball of wax about women and beauty and the pressure we put on ourselves. But what you're you only present. You're, I keep it real. Like if I get cranky, I've done a couple quick videos and done that. Cause that's part of my being authentic and letting people know you're not mm -hmm. alone. But most of what you see on social media is not real. It's only the best or it's Photoshopped or it took an hour to get the perfect shot. That's not life. So true. Now I want to continue this conversation, but we need to take a brief little um, second for our sponsor. So here we go. Schools closing their doors again this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic is devastating for students, parents, and educators. Beyond that, it has disproportionately challenged low resource school systems, further revealing educational and health inequities among communities. Teachers and parents are searching for tools that will enable schools to reopen, but many of these solutions are expensive and time consuming. To ease the magnitude of challenges faced by high-need school districts, we can provide a simple solution that has a deep impact. I'm Della, the founder of Nestle Space. Nestle provides easy, beautiful, health-centered design that adapts to any environment. We design products that are attentive to bodily experience, emotional health, and ergonomics, including our portable, touchless handwashing station. Our handwashing stations bring running water anywhere with an outlet, accompanied by ergonomic design. Because no plumbing is required, our portable stations can be placed in classrooms, gymnasiums, lobbies, libraries, and beyond. The CDC has identified handwashing as a critical mitigation measure for schools during the pandemic. However, as evidenced by the high number of schools that have reached out to us over the last six months, Many schools do not have prolific access to running water, 
in classrooms and in other areas which they need to repurpose as classrooms in order to increase social distancing during the pandemic. We know schools are short on resources, dollars, space, and time. We can help, but we need your help to do so. We'd like to supply our Nestle Kids handwashing stations at no cost to selected public schools in need. Our first goal is to distribute these to 10 school districts. We are asking for your help to simply cover our production and shipping costs. Together, we believe we can help students more safely return to where they thrive most, at school. In these crazy times, we thank you for considering this and for your generosity. We believe that by helping support each other, we can make a positive impact in a very hard time. Again, thank you for your support. We hope you and yours stay well. And we're back talking with Julie, the professional life and end of life organizer. Now let's talk about, since that commercial was about COVID, let's talk about how you had to kind of pivot your business during COVID. So when the first were in the same state, so Governor Cooper announced the first case in March, and that's when I stopped working with people in person. And I know not everyone made that decision. As I mentioned, you know, I just wasn't comfortable. And so what I did is I started virtual and uh, virtual work because sometimes, you know, the thing that I would do in person, like keeping you accountable, if I'm sitting there as you're decluttering or getting organized, being able to see your space and offer you tips. And then coaching, coaching is a large part of it, even if we're just organizing and teaching you skills. So it was more about then, okay, now we just have to go online. And, and you know, I think that it's important as a solopreneur, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, you have to be able to pivot. If it's not COVID, it might be something else. And so I think that the more like one thing that I did after first starting my business, I added coaching. And then I was like, well, I'll add the books. I'll add the classes. And so having different streams of income, I think is really important. So you have classes. I know we're going we're gonna to get to the books, but you have classes. I did not know about that. So let's talk about your classes. I have classes. I have, I believe, five or six on school success, on holiday, on getting organized, spring cleaning, and clearing clutter. And what I did with that is had broad topics, and then I break them down. They're available audio or video. So if you're like, I have eight minutes to listen to this lesson, they vary in length. All the, the total classes are like four or five hours. And so it, it's designed so you can fit it in your life and your busy schedule. And, you know, I talk about the beginning, get a notebook, let's start, let's keep this all your notes and everything. And so they can do it on demand whenever it's easiest for them. But it's about breaking it down because one of the things that stops people from decluttering is they're overwhelmed. Yes. Let's talk about overwhelm. It How happens. do we stop the feeling of overwhelm? Well, you know, one of the things, again, if you come back and get present in this moment, you know, if I were to think about moving and taking care of a sick parent, I'm an overwhelm. Okay. Well, in this moment, I'm okay. I'm enjoying this great conversation with you. So become present. It's about asking for help. It's about saying no. It's about treating yourself in every, like, you know, I've gone to my doctor and she's like, I think you have sleep apnea. That's probably why you're tired all the time. Let's do a test to make sure that it either is or we rule it out. And so it's looking at all facets of your life. You know, the big thing is asking for help because overwhelm tends to come when we have too much to do. But if we say no, we get support, we take care of ourselves, our health and our mental wellness, then we tend to not be overwhelmed. That is so true. Now let's talk about your books. Cause you said you self published 10 books, right? It's a 10, 14, 14 now. Now I was going to list all of them, but I'm like, there's way too many, <laughs> but I love your, your main one is clear your clutter, right? Clear your clutter inside and out. That's the big one. And then it has an accompany, accompanying workbook. So you can follow along cause that's to get you to do your work. And then the other are a journal series prompts. So we all have the wisdom within. So you go through the journal prompts. I teach you how to set goals and I teach you how to carve out what's most important. So then that's like a do it yourself. Then you figure out what needs to be done and then you can move forward. So what made you decide to start writing the books? I have always loved writing since I was a kid and I've always considered myself a writer and I wanted to be a published author and 
I reached out to people about the books and got rejected. And these were connections. I didn't even get rejected. I got no response. And this was from someone that went to the same college and I went to a small college. I thought, well, okay, I'm just going to publish on my own. And I taught myself a lot. I was super excited to do it. And, you know, I learned some good tips that were really important. Like for instance, buying your own ISBN number. So that means if you go through publish through Amazon and use their ISBN, you can't sell it anywhere else. So that mm -hmm. way I can sell it on my website. I can sell it at different bookstores. And so it was a really big deal and a huge accomplishment to be like, I'm an author. And, you know, I'd say you don't need a big publisher to be an author. If you're passionate like I am, do it yourself. And then once you wrote that first book, the journaling prompts came along, the books for journaling prompts, which absolutely I love. I think journaling is something that a lot of people need to get into because it's like a brain dump. You just dump all your feelings and then you let go. That's another way of letting go of your clutter. It is. And that's why I wanted to do journal prompts. And again, all the decluttering books are mainly about physical stuff. And I'm like, well, I look at this holistically. And I wanted to give people an option that they could do it themselves. And, you know, some people are very private. They wouldn't want to share that with anyone. And so actually, because I'm crazy, I did four of the journal prompts at the same time as I was writing the other book. But it was enough of a structural difference that it kind of was good to do. And then I just recently last fall published more of them. I'm like, Oh, we got to talk about relationships and finance and health and all that good stuff. I want people to have options. And again, as you work on one, you're supporting clearing your clutter in other areas. Yeah. I just, I just love that. I, like I said, I love the journaling. So would you suggest that people buy the books and journal separately or journal straight in the books? Like you know, it really depends on their style and what they, now I ask all the prompts and what I did. And the other thing that I did differently that I haven't seen in journals is down the side of the page, except for the eBooks, it wouldn't allow me, I hate technology, but it wouldn't allow me, I have a little Lotus. And so the step, because we talked about overwhelm and people have clutter overwhelm. So you respond to the journal prompt and then you take out what's most important. You go back through and highlight what is what mm -hmm. nuggets did I learn here? And then you put out and you separate so you can look, okay, this is the action that I need to take, or this is what I need to delve into more, figure out. And so I, you know, I hope there's enough space that it can contain to answer all that. And again, like I allow for space in the back, like here, here's how you can do a take action plan and give examples. And then you turn and there's a blank page for you to do it as well. You know, some questions might need more exploration depending on the subject. Yeah, because I know, like, like you just said, the ebooks. Obviously, you would suggest getting a journal, separate ebooks, right? Yeah. Well, you know why I did ebooks. I had someone reach out to me, and she said, "I'm going blind," and so I would love your journal mm -hmm. prompt. And I said, "You know, it, I'm sorry, it didn't even occur to me. I thought there's no way that anyone's going to want journal prompts for ebooks, so don't do it." And so then, and then I had another friend who had a brain tumor, and she explained, "I have a." program so I can write in it and do all this. And this woman said, what I'll do is, is, you know, print it out or she has some kind of technology. And so that's why I ended up doing it at ebook. So if people have that, that they can write in it as well. I'm an old fashioned, like pen and paper kind of gal though. So that's mm -hmm. what, you know, so I learned. So for people who are visually impaired, they have that option now. That I, I love that. I love that idea because you're thinking outside of the box for all the different people that journaling can help not just one specific subset of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to, I try to be aware of that as much as possible. And this woman was kind enough to educate me because my first thought was, you know, who would want an ebook journal you write? Well, duh, you need to think of, think more broadly and, and include everyone. Although I, I haven't moved to do audiobooks. I don't know if that's, I haven't even explored that because I have no clue what that would involve. And I'd get tired reading. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe we'll see. Maybe that's, some, maybe that's some place where you can do a collaboration with somebody that actually does the actual reading for you. That would be the much better choice. Yes. And you just do the editing that way. You're like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tired of hearing my own voice. I can, I can listen to somebody else talk, you know, unless you get somebody who's just like, uh, uh and no intonation whatsoever. And then you'll be like, I'm going to fall asleep trying to edit this. 
Well, yeah. you know, it's funny because I have affirmations for clutter and I looked on putting them on Amazon and, you know, Amazon is a love hate thing. I think there are great things about Amazon, you know, but there are things that drive me crazy and it's not, Amazon's not there for you there for them, but I just couldn't put up the, the MP3 files. I have to go through a separate company who takes a cut and then Amazon takes a cut. And because, you know, they're, I sell, they're like 15, 16 minutes long. I'm like, it's not worth it. Cause I already, you know, sell them so cheaply, I would make no money. So, you know, I didn't realize, I thought, well, if I can upload them directly, I'd be willing to do it. But I, you know, I don't understand it. So that would, I'd have that whole other piece as well. So maybe the affirmations is something that you could put on your podcast or something that you could put on your YouTube as well. Oh, I never thought about that because they're currently on the website for sale. Not they're expensive. They're cheap. But I thought, you know, are just you trying to think outside the box. Or you could do something like a Patreon thing where I am launching in a few days. I am launching my Patreon channel. And, you know, just again, I know we're talking about for you or for business owners, Patreon puts 92% in your pocket. Apple is, from what I've heard, is going to be moving to a paid model soon. And guess how much Apple puts in your pocket? Take how a much? guess. Take a I guess. Just go for it. A dollar. I don't know. I 5%. Have so wow. if you're going to charge and I'm only at 5% and Patreon says, I'll give you, and I've done the podcast free for eight years. So I'm like, it's time to, that's another thing being a business, pay, get paid what you're worth. If you like it and you keep listening, then I'm going to ask you, and the cheapest level is five bucks a month. That's less than a fancy pants coffee at Starbucks. And that's another thing. Support another woman business owner. It's about supporting each other. So let's talk about how we can support women business owners since you brought that up. Obviously, um, share their share their stuff on social media all across the board. I mean, that's a huge, that's super huge. Um, so how else? Write a review do a video testimonial, right? And sharing, but not only sharing, but saying, Hey, you know, this is why I like this woman. This is what her business does. And then maybe putting a reciprocal link on your website or, you know, doing a newsletter exchange, I'll highlight your product or your service and put a little link and do the same for me. You know, there are things that I talk to someone and network, I think networking and, and doing it honorably, because I've been in network groups where it, it wasn't a it wasn't a fair exchange. My I'm studying plant medicine and the, and she called it an equal exchange of energy. And those are the type of women that I'm looking for and that I want to support. So you know, referring them when you can, or you know, say, hey, I know this woman would be great interview for your podcast, or, or you know, do a guest blog. There are myriad ways, and if you can support their Patreon channel or support their services. See, but that's the big, a lot of people think, oh, well, I don't want to pay for stuff. I don't want to pay like for, like for instance, Patreon. I don't want to pay to upgrade this. I don't want like, for instance, with Apple go going to a paid model soon, people aren't going to pay because people don't want to do it. I think that that's true. And I think that that is a model we're moving towards for everything on the internet now. So it is just going to be a question of when, not if, when everything is paid. And then you have to say, well, the thing is, if you pay for something, then you're more likely to change. And I did a little podcast about why I'm going to Patreon. When Tony Robbins first started, he charged a million bucks. Now, I can't even wrap my head around that. He said, but you know what? My success rate is 100% because if people are going to invest a hundred or for invest a million dollars, guess what? They're going to do the work. Mm -hmm. So I talk about that. When you get something for free, you're least likely to do the work. So I would say, how much pain are you in? How much clutter do you have? Or whatever it is that you're looking at, then don't pay for it, but then your life's not going to change. And then, you know, then don't complain if you're not going to do the work. And there's no judgment in that. It's just a fact. You don't do the work, your life won't change. But just because you don't value something doesn't mean that someone else doesn't. Because I'm not a fan of people, why would you pay that much? Well, that's not about you. Let the person decide if it's a value to them. And you have to think what's most important. What is it that you're trying to do? That is so true. Do you think YouTube will switch to a paid model as well? Don't even get me started on YouTube. I am. So one of the things I do on my YouTube site is advertising. And 
I get hardly anything for it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. YouTube's making bank on me. I'm not making much. And so that was one of the other reasons that I went to Patreon. Now you do have the option to pay on YouTube as well. And so they have already started that option, but you know, YouTube, like the people, I mean, there are people that make a ton of money. Like I'm amazed these makeup reviewers and all them, like, I don't mm -hmm. understand it. Can't wrap my head around it. But YouTube recently changed things. They don't want them making as much money. Well, what about the small entrepreneur like me? Then you've affected me. And so that's why Patreon, Patreon was created for the artist. And so if you're going to have to pay something, why not pay where the artist gets the majority of the funds instead of the corporate YouTube? And, you know, we're in the age of Aquarius. That just happened. We moved into that. That's about power to the people. And that goes back to supporting women and taking care of one another. And I'm not arguing. I don't want to say that corporations are evil. When I can order something my mother needs from down here for out of state, it's a blessing. And so it's everything has its mm -hmm. positive and negative. But does Jeff Bezos need any more money? I would rather go to me than Jeff. I'm, you know, that's just my opinion. And so if we don't support businesses, if we don't support artists, then what is our world going to look like in 15 or 20 years? No brick stores, no interaction. I don't want to live in that world. COVID has showed me pretty easily that I don't want to be isolated all the time. Yeah, you brought up the good point about the isolation during COVID. How can we help businesses now to help succeed during COVID? Because there are a lot of businesses that are shuttering their doors, especially restaurants that are shuttering their doors right now. Many of the restaurants you can do takeout and order pickup. I know that I think in some things they've started to open. And so like we went out, we did an escape room. I love escape rooms. We did an escape room. And they're doing all the cleaning in between. And so we supported by going in person. Then we found a restaurant that was open and went afterwards. So, you know, you want to make a donation. Say, I just want to give you money for your employees for tip. Doing takeout, visiting the restaurant. If they have anything like, say, if they, or, they sell barbecue sauce, ordering some barbecue sauce. You know, there are different options. Many people who sell stuff, I bet, can get it online. You say, Hey, I want to support you. You might not have your products on your website, but I'm looking for this. Do you have it? Mm -hmm. You know, and just getting the word out and, and doing that. Or if you, like I saw a realtor the other day, put together a basket of local products as a giveaway for something, you know, and I'm hoping that we're finally moving out of this and we'll be normal for whatever that means. Cause I don't think it'll be exactly the way we are, but people can get out and do fairs and things and get more help. That is so true. I mean, how, honestly, I think it's helped in a lot because it's helped people now that they're home, clearing out their clutter from their homes. Don't you agree? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, then you don't have an excuse because you have all that time on your hands now. Like think all the time you save from commuting. So when people say, I don't have time, I would say now, well, what was your commute time? How much time are you wasting on social media? Like, I don't think sometimes we have a concept how you can get sucked into TikTok or Facegram or Facebook or whatever it is, you know, that we can just spend hours and we don't even realize that. And what are we doing? We're just kind of wasting time. We're not really present. We're not living life. Yeah, that's so true. And so now with that comes that physical clutter, which hopefully that mental clutter will come the clearing that out. But I think a lot of people are stuck in the mental clutter because of being stuck at home and not being able to go out and do things like they want to do. Absolutely. My husband and I are pretty much introverted and homebodies and we're over it. Now, one thing that we do is we hike almost every week and that, you know, that's actually a time for us to connect and just be in nature. And I found anytime I can be in nature, it's incredibly soothing. And so what I would say is, you know, can you go out in your backyard? Is there a tree that you can hang out with? Can you go to a garden? Can you just walk around your neighborhood? Most people have the option to do that. That's at least something, you know, but walking, I have a sweet spot that I try to do exercise between 11 and usually two, because then it'll refresh my brain. I get some physical activity. Most of us can at least walk around the neighborhood because that's going to help clear your mental clutter as well.
Yeah. So you just brought up hiking. Any sweet spots in North Carolina where you hike at? Well, we tend to hike at Umstead because there are two different entrances that you can use and lots of trails. And the one that's, and I'm going to mispronounce it, it's on our list to go to. Is it the Uwari? Okay. That is close that I want to check out. But Umstead's been our go-to just because it's close by. And we did a little walk, like a half an hour from here. And I don't remember where it was because it was kind of, I'm like, oh, we just kind of ended up on the banks of a river. And then the other thing ran near a power plant. It was a very interesting trail. So, you know, we tend to stick to Umstead. Okay. That's pretty cool. So um, any last little tidbits you want to leave us with? I want everyone to remember that they are good enough, worthy enough, and loved no matter what no matter what happens and to heal as much as you possibly can and to be kind to one another, to judge yourself less, to judge others less, be less critical of yourself and others and know you can do whatever you put your mind to and go for it. Wow. I love that. And tell us where everybody can find you at if they want to follow up with you. Thank you. At reawakenyourbrilliance.com, you'll find out information about the Patreon channel, my social media, podcast blogs, all good stuff. All right. Julie, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and for chatting with us about you've given me a lot to think about. And I'm going to clear more clutter as we get off as well. <laughs> Well, thank you. So, thank you so much. I want to thank for, you for being uh, on today. Having me on and thank you for sharing your passions and all you're doing to support people. Yeah. So guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. Bye. Wow, I hope you guys are really enjoying this Women Empowerment series. I'm having so much fun. I will admit that there may be a day or two where I did not go live, and that's because um, we got the news that my father-in-law um, has passed away, and so it's kind of been hard to get back into the swing of things. Um, even now, I'm struggling trying to record these episodes, but I made a commitment that I'm going to stand by. I took two days off. And I'm doing very minimal for the next week, but uh, the other commitments that I actually made are actually going to come through. So on the podcast, you won't see a missed episode for Women Empowerment or a missed day because I had so many planned already ahead of time. But on the lives, I took um, a couple of days off for the live. So if you're wondering what happened, that's what happened. Um, Papa PP was an amazing man. Um, he raised, he raised an amazing man, my husband and my girls were, are just, we're so blessed to have them in their lives and we just miss him so much. But with that said, I would love for you to share my podcast, um, since I'm taking a step back for a few days, um, to share the podcast, share the YouTube lives. Um, that way I can still create a little bit of income while my family heals. Um, thank you so much for being part of the podcast family. Please like rate, review, subscribe, and be blessed. Hug your loved ones and keep chatting.